Today, uh, we're going to continue to dive into God's work as we do our reading. Um, what you would have read Friday will be what we'll study today. And, and if you haven't joined us and started, help, started reading along in the, in the Bible with us, we have a, a one-year Bible that we're reading through as a church. Um, we have plenty of those left where we can get you both large print and, and standard print. And, and maybe someone here, they, maybe you don't have the money for one right now. That, hey, that's fine. We want to make sure you have it. I've got three in my office that I'd be more than happy to give away. And if we need to give out more than that, then we'll do that. So if you, if you need one to kind of come along with us, uh, man, it, it's a great deal. Right now, how many of you guys are enjoying the book of Leviticus right now? Everyone's like, oh, yeah, Leviticus. Yeah, it's a, it's a little tough. I, one thing when I read the book of Leviticus is what I see is God is a God of order. He's got a way that he wants to do something, and, and, and he has a, a plan. And, and then we start seeing it, and as we start reading the New Testament, and you see all, right now you're reading a lot about sacrificing for sin. Well, all that leads into is Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross for us. So he's a God of order, and he has a reason for what he does, right? Um, our reading today will be out of the New Testament. It's going to be out of Mark chapter 1. It's at the very end of the chapter. We're going to read through 40 through 45 is where we're going to read. And, and what I do is when I read through my Bible, I'm reading through the exact same thing that you guys are reading. I go through and I highlight. I'll look for, I wait for the Holy Spirit to speak to me and say, you know, Jeff, this. And I'm like, okay, and I'll dog your page. And he'll go, oh, but what about this? And I'll, and I'll do that. And I go through and I pray over it. And this is where God gave me. One of the things that I've realized in my life, and, and, and I'm just a, I, at least I feel like I'm a pup. I feel like I'm a pup that's falling apart, man. More things are starting to hurt the older I get. I, I tell you this, getting old's not for the faint of heart, is it? Everybody's laughing. All the young people are going, what are you talking about? You'll see. You'll see. And the funny thing is, is when I turned, when I was getting ready to turn 40, and people were like, oh, wait until you turn 40. Now I'm 47, everybody's like, oh, you haven't seen nothing, wait until you turn 50. And I have a feeling they're going to hit 60 and 70 and so forth on me, right, as we go on. But one of the things I've realized in this life is that in that video that we looked at is really everybody's kind of broken. We all have different things in our lives. We have different things in our lives. Uh, I know people that were broken because of their, the, the background and who they were, their parents, that they had, and maybe their, their parents were, were fairly wild and, and maybe lived a life that was uh, subject. And because of being a child of them, they felt like that they were underneath scrutiny or underneath, and they couldn't be used because of their family. Well, I've known other people that I've met that, that have had things happen in their life that's self-inflicted. They've, they've, they've been through something and they've destroyed their own life and they've allowed sin to come in and because of that sin, they feel like that, you know, listen, I've been set aside now. I can't be used anymore and I've got problems and, and God, does, God, God can do a lot of things but he can't do anything for me. I've known other people that, that, that have been in that exact same situation but for nothing they did on their own. They were just a subject to sometimes of circumstances. Read Lot. Tell me what he did. And you'll see that he went through great trials, and he never did anything. We have people in our lives, and we've got people, maybe it's people here, that are dealing with different things. And I want to read out of this, and I was reading, this is, a, this is the beginning of, um, 
beginning of Mark and what kind of happened before this is Jesus has come to town and he's pulled his disciples in and he's picked them and they're, and they're with them and, and, he's, and he's, he's started casting out demons. He started performing miracles. And how many, if Jesus was in town performing miracles and you're hearing this guy named Jesus, how many would you have showed up? I want to see what this is about. I'd been there too. I've been like, I want to see this. Um, and that's kind of what's happened here. Well, what happens too is, is people that have no hope come forward as well. And I got fancy this message. I'll alliterate it so you guys are in for a treat. So we'll get there though. But let's go ahead and I want to read and then we're going to pray. But in, if you're in your Bible, if you go to Mark chapter 1, we're going to start in verse, verse 40. And it says, in verse 40, it says, And the leper came to Jesus, beseeching him, and falling on his knees before him, saying, If you are willing, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus stretched out his hands, and he touched him, and he said unto him, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. And he sternly warned him immediately, and sent him away, and, and said unto him, See that... You say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But he went out and he began to proclaim it freely and he spread the news around to such extent that Jesus could no longer publicly enter the city, but stayed in the unpopulated areas and they were coming to him from everywhere. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that, you're, that you would, Lord, just your blessing upon this message. I pray that you would just speak to each one of our hearts. Lord, if there's things that, that, that us, like this leper, need to bring before you, Lord, I pray that you would lay that on our hearts heavy and that we would just give this to you. Lord, I love you, and I pray just that, that, that let it not be my words, let this be yours. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So as I, as I was reading this and I got to thinking about it, I, the first thing I thought of it was there's a problem here, wasn't there? The problem was this gentleman had leprosy. And I don't know if any of you guys know what leprosy is. Leprosy is a very, a very painful condition and, and where you lose parts of your body and it's not, it's not great. And, and, and as you guys are reading, ironically, through Leviticus, you're going to see that, that even... For someone that was leprous, as he was going, he would have to walk in. As he was walking and he would start walking into a crowd, he had to say, unclean, unclean. So people would get away from him because they didn't want to get what he had. When someone had leprosy, a lot of times people looked at it, well, this guy sinned great in his life and this is his punishment of what he has. And then he would have to live this life of loneliness. I think of my life, and I think that I would like to have compassion for this person, but if I was in the same situation, would I not want to put my hand on him? Do you want the leprosy that this person's dealing with? Do you want to be an outcast pushed outside of the camp? A lot of times there was a rag on the outside of the camp that was out as before you would come into the city and everything, and that's what they would wipe themselves with and everything, and you can imagine what that would look like. 
and it's just nothing good about this leprosy. And I could even imagine as he was coming forward and he has this problem in his life and he's coming forward and joining Jesus and, and he's looking at him and, and he's walking in and you know people are looking at him. Maybe he has a hood on and he's trying to hide himself, but because of what his condition is, he has to tell everybody, listen, stay away from me. I am unclean. You don't want to be around with me. I'm telling you, you do not want what I have. He had a problem. But, but when I look at our lives and I look at things that separate us from God or separate us from fellowship from other people, sometimes it's problems that we've allowed to come into our life and sometimes it's things that we've allowed to do. And we have to look at, we, we look at people and we push them away and we're almost like this leper and we're pushing them away and saying, no, listen, you don't want any part of me because I've got problems. We are no different than the leper that's in this. I might not have you know, white sores and other things around on me. I, I was out on, on, I was going to put up some photos and everything to show you what it would look like, but, but guys, you know what sin looks like in your life. You know what problems in your life looks like. I don't need to put up a picture so you guys can see that. I know things that no one else knows about me, just as you know things that no one else knows about you. But God knows. So he had a problem. In Leviticus, actually, let me just go back into our scripture for the problem. And it says, and I just want to really go into this first part. It says, it says, the leper came to Jesus. And this is the first part of, of, chat, of verse 40. And it says, the leper came to Jesus. I think about the times in my life that I've turned to Jesus. And a lot of times, I'll be honest with you, I wish I was that person that seek Jesus first in everything I do. I would love to be able to say that when you say, hey Jeff, what are you supposed to do in this all? The first thing I do is I seek Jesus. But the fact of the matter is I probably lean on me way too much. And I try to do all the things that I can do, and I try to do all the things that I think I can fix my problem and everything, and then usually what happens is I get myself in a big hole and then I turn to Jesus. I don't wonder how many things or hardships I've went in my life had had I turned to Jesus first. I could have had hope a little bit better. But in Leviticus 3.46 it says, He shall remain unclean all the days during which he has the infection. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling should be outside the camp. He's going to be an outcast on this. Live alone. Live a life of solitude that, that is not self-inflicted. It's one that's been thrust on you as you've been left out there to feel like an outcast in your life. I, I, I've met people that, that have no relationship with their family. They're an outcast. I know people that are an outcast because of things they've done in their life. They've wore their family out. Maybe it's been because of drugs or, 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 or theft or whatever. For whatever reason, the family says, I can't help you anymore. And they've been outcast. Do you know, I know people who have been outcast for Christ. That they've trusted Jesus as their Savior and the people, their families have looked at it and said, listen, I don't know what you got, but I don't want it. Stay away. They've been outcast. I think of a touch. Um, as you guys know, I travel quite a bit, and I know when I'm on the road and I'm in a hotel room by myself, and I, 
I just wish my pretty bride was there. And, and, and to, to feel the touch of someone that you love, there's nothing greater, is there? But to be exiled. I think that, that, that we know people in our lives, and maybe it's some people in here that are dealing with this, that they've, they've, they've been exiled for, they feel like from God's love. They, they figure, maybe that they think that, listen, God can't love me anymore. But I think like this leopard, we need to come to Jesus. And we need to put it before him. I don't know why this person has leprosy that Jesus is talking about. I don't know what it's going to life. I don't know if it was sins of his father. I don't know if it was a bad situation. I don't know if he just laid somewhere that he shouldn't have laid and then he, he got it. I don't know what the situation was, does it? but I do know for a fact that he was unclean. So what he did was he took his petition, he took his petition before Jesus. He didn't do it, there's nothing else he can do, but he took it before Jesus. And in the second part of verse 4, he says, beseeching him. And falling on his knees before him and saying, if you are willing, you can make me clean. I encourage you to look up that verse in multiple translations. In the NIV, it says, in one of the NIVs, the older NIV version, it says, it says, falling on his knees and begging. Beseeching him. Crying out. I think about the blind people we're going to lead later on. They're yelling, son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. People are saying, shut up. They scream louder. And that's what this guy's doing. He's falling down on his knees and saying, he says, listen, I know who you are. I know who you are. He came to him. Listen, he came to Jesus when he had no hope, but I read hope in this. He came to the only person that he felt like that could, that could intervene in his life and he could change him. And he could, uh, there, there's, a, there's a movie, it's called A Knight's Tale. And if you've never seen it, it's kind of, it's, it's I don't know. It's probably, I don't know if it's a good one if I should be saying it here or not. But there's a part in it that it, it, it talks about. He, he's a he, he's a, a Thatcher son, and, and he wants to be a knight. And the people look at it and says that you can't you can't be a knight because you're a Thatcher son because of your background. You are not of noble heritage that you can't do this. And he says, listen. He says, if you just believe, you can change your stars. And I wonder if, if he comes before Jesus and he says, listen, if I could just believe, I can change my stars. I can fall before him and beseech him. I can beg him. And if he lays his hand, if he touches me while no one else will, I can be changed. I could be made whole. In Matthew chapter 9, I'm not going to make you turn there, and it's not going to be up on the screen, but you know about the woman with the issue of blood. And she had, and, and I'll just give you a surmise the story for you a little bit. It, it, she had this issue with her blood, and it never really tells what it is, but she's went to all the different physicians, and she's went to everybody. She spent all that she had on trying to be healed, and, because, and all that she can do, and nothing took it. 
But she said to herself, she says, listen, I know this Jesus, and if I could just even just touch the hem of his garment, I know, I know I can be clean. I know I can be fixed. I know he can take care of it. And it says immediately she was healed. And I think, I wonder if he was like that, if when he's coming before Jesus, he says, but listen, if he, just, if he would just touch me, if he would just touch me, I know he can. I want to read this to you again. He says, listen, he says, beseeching and falling onto his knees, he says to it, if you are willing, which is our title today, if you are willing. I think sometimes that's enough. I think of the person that was praying. He was asking for healing to his daughter. He says, if you believe, he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. He says, if you are willing, and if it just stopped there, that would be enough. But I want to read the next part of it says, it says, you can make me clean. There was no doubt in his mind that Jesus was not going to hell heal him. But he just says, listen, if you are willing, I know you are the one that's going to make me clean. You are the one that's going to take this leprosy from my life. You're the one that's going to allow people to touch me. Let me to walk into a room and not have to yell at everybody and say, listen, I am unclean. Part of way, you don't want any of this. Stay away from me. If you just touch me. He came to the master with no hope. I think a lot of times in our life we have to look at that and say, Lord, if you are willing, I know you can take this out of my life. I've tried to take it out of my life. I've tried to remove this sin. I've tried to remove this this leprosy from my life, and I, I haven't been able to do it. But Lord, if you are willing, I know you can do it. Why don't we do it then? Why do we carry stuff? I, you know, I'd hate to see the baggage that I've dropped around. Sometimes, you know, you feel like, a, if you, have you ever tried to run with a bunch of weight? And you're running, and you're running, and, you, and you're trying to drag this weight, and you're making no headway whatsoever. And then someone says, hey, why don't you just drop that weight? And you feel like you can run a thousand miles an hour. That's what Jesus does in our life. But we've got to take our petition before him. Like this man did. And the pardon. It's the best part, isn't it? I read when a president, as he gets towards the end of his, uh, his, 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 his four years or eight years, depending on which it was, a lot of times they'll, they'll pardon people. And I, and I wonder for someone that maybe has no hope and they feel like that pardon and what that would look like to have your life restored to you. Maybe that you are in prison or whatever it is, to have that life restored to you. In verse 41 and 42, we see what Jesus does here. He says, moved with compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. And he said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. Compassion. Love. To feel the master's hand on your shoulder, on your head, or wherever it was that he touched him. And then know it, first of all, to know the feeling of a touch when no one would touch you. To have his hand touch you, and then immediately you're cleansed. 
Immediately, the problems that you had in your life have disappeared. Immediately, you are raised up to walk in newness again. You know, that's what Jesus has done in my life. And what I find is, is when, when, I, when, I, when I take my petition before him and I, and I ask him for a pardon on my life, then he intervenes. He intervenes. He said, I am willing. Lord, help my unbelief. Because I know you're willing to intervene in my life, and I know that you're willing to do these things for me. He wants to intercede. When you trust Jesus as your Savior, this is something that's really cool. The Bible says when you trust Jesus as your Savior, when you put your hope in him, he says he sends unto you the comforter. And if you start reading about the Comforter, about the Holy Spirit that comes and lives within you, you'll find out what he says. It says he's constantly interceding on your behalf. Think about that. The Holy Spirit that abides in me because I've trusted in Jesus Christ as my Savior is constantly, constantly interceding on my my behalf. And it says, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weak, in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us with a groaning too deep for words. And he searches the heart and knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Isn't that cool? That I have that with inside me? If you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, you do too. And he's there. And he's working for you. And he's, he's interceding. You know, the same thing works for me when I'm out going out. We've talked about this year. If there's a vision that I have for this church for this year that I believe that the Lord has given me is go. Wow, that's a big vision, Jeff, huh? You ready? You want to hear it again? Go. Because we got to go out into the hedges and the highway and compel them that our house may be full. Listen. You're not perfect. Nor am I. But you're our pastor. <laughs> yeah, and I'm broken. I'm like that glass that you've seen that dropped. But you know what happens is, is the closer I get to God, the more pieces he starts putting back together in my life. And how would you like it when you started seeing that water start filling back up in that glass? You know, when God intercedes in our life, that's what he does, is he intercedes and he starts pushing that water back up in our glasses and, and no longer are we a glass half full. No more. The Bible says that if we're willing to seek him, he is willing and able to cleanse us from all unrighteousness in our life. Just as this guy came forward, he says, he says, Lord, if you are willing, I know, I know that you can heal me, you can cleanse me. And he says, I am willing. If you know someone's willing, why don't you go? Or maybe you say that, listen, Jeff, I don't know why you're talking to me. Maybe I don't have that problem, but I guarantee you know people in your life that do. That they need the healing hand of Jesus Christ because they've tried everything. Listen, I, I remember we just got done with the Super Bowl, and a few years ago, Tom Brady 
And I got to be honest with you, if you're a Patriots fan, I'm so sorry, but yay, they didn't win. But uh, sorry for people watching online, but, but there, was a, there was a story a few years ago where he was talking about it. He says, listen, I know if I can just win one more Super Bowl, I know I'll be filled. That's what I'm looking for. And I bet you every Super Bowl, if I can just win one more, it's going to be enough. And what the problem is, is there's this problem in our life, and there's this hole in our life, and there's nothing, and we can stick all kinds of different stuff into it. I got friends that race motorcycles, and, and they do crazy things, and they're trying to stick all these kind of things in this hole. They're jumping out of airplanes, or they're bungee jumping, and I've done that before. It is pretty cool. But uh, they're doing all these kinds of things, and they're saying, listen, if I do enough that I can put enough things in there, eventually I'm going to be full, but there's the hole is too big to fit anything in there except for one, and that's Jesus Christ. And what happened is, is when I stuck Jesus in that hole, he filled me. He changed me. He touched me. And he says, listen, Jeff, I am willing I want to talk about the very end of this. And it's kind of confusing a little bit before I get to the next point. Jesus says, he says, listen, he goes, I don't go out and say anything to anybody. I want you to go in front of the priest and I want you to do what command Moses did. What they would do is they would do an offering for their sin. And then they would, they would check him and then they would come back so many more days and check him again. If, the, if his leprosy was gone, then they said that he was clean. He was welcomed back into the camp. Okay, but what we see is something a little bit different here. So Jesus says, listen, don't do what I already know you're going to do. He, by the way, Jesus was not surprised what's going to happen here. I just want you to know that. All right, so, so in verse uh, 45, it says, but he went out and he began to proclaim it freely and to spread the news around to such that extent that Jesus could no longer publicly enter the city. But he stayed in the unpopulated areas, and they were coming from everywhere. See, Jesus healed him. Jesus did this thing in his life, and he got so excited about it. And he says, listen, I have to get out there. I have to tell people about it. Because, you know, listen, know who has the best story about Jesus? You do. You do. Because you know what Jesus has done for you. You know what he's done in your life. You know how he's interceded in your life for you. And this is what happened as he's going out. He goes, listen, he goes, listen, hey, listen, look, 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 it's gone. Oh, by the way, the pits and stuff where I lost flesh, look, it's back. And he goes around there like, whoa, how did they do this? It's a miracle. And you're absolutely, it was a miracle. Let me tell you about Jesus. And this is what Jesus did in my life. But what happens as Christians what happens as Christians is we trust Jesus as our Savior and we get excited about it and we still don't even understand truly what Jesus really done to our life yet. That comes later. And, and we get excited and we start telling our friends and we start telling our family and we start going around and we start telling everybody and says, listen, let me tell you what Jesus did. He saved me. I get to go to heaven. You know what? He forgave me of the things I've done in my life. I've baggage that I've thrown away. He said, I'll take my burden and it's light. And I got excited, and, and I started telling everybody, and then what happened was I got around my brothers and sisters in Christ, and they said, don't worry, you'll get over that. Really? Don't worry, that excitement will leave you. Ooh. Don't tell anybody, because listen, that's just what happened for you. 
Hold on. Let me read that again. It says, but he went out and began to proclaim it freely, and he spread the news around to the extent that Jesus no longer publicly entered the city. Hey, listen, why don't we do this? I got this. This is a novel idea that I just read in the New Testament. But why don't we proclaim what Jesus has done in our lives so freely that you guys have a hard time getting in the doors here Sunday? Let's get, it, let's get it where we have such a problem that, that, that we're having two or three or four services on Sunday, that we're running a shuttle around town, that the whole town is mad because they can't find a place to park because everybody wants to be in God's house. Make me park a mile down. I can use the walk. I'm okay with that. That's what we need. We need Christians that are excited about what has happened in our life. And we need to be there where we need to proclaim it. Listen. If you're in your life right now, and maybe you are on the other ones, and you allowed people to water down your flame, why don't you ask Jesus to refire you up? Stoke the flame of your Christianity, and let this thing that happened in you become not only real in your life, but everybody else's around you. Because listen, that's what I read in the Bible over and over and over again. We're going to read about some other leopards later on. It's going to be about ten of them, and we're going to find out what happens there. Listen, if Jesus has done something in your life, tell someone. My challenge this week for you is to go out and tell someone what Jesus has done in your life. Listen, we're all dealing with different things in our life. We all have hurts, habits, and hang-ups that are, that are causing us to have problems. You know who's letting that happen? This guy. Because Jesus has a desire for me to go. And that's what we need to do. We need to be about the Father's business. Listen, I have the Holy Spirit that abides within me. And maybe you're a lot like Moses that we read. And he says, listen, Lord, you can't use me because I don't know how to speak. You guys already figured out I make my own words up anyway, so just go with it, right? And, and, and so, we, but, but we have the Holy Spirit that's interceding on my side. And he says, listen, I'm going to talk for you. He goes, I will give you the words. Just see, just go. Make that proclamation to everybody. Let them know what Jesus has done in your life. I, have you guys noticed that we do some hymns in here? And we do some contemporary in here? I love them both, by the way. And I want to give you one. How many of you guys like In the Garden? And he walks with me. I'm not going to sing it because you guys will all run out of here with your ears bleeding, so we won't do that. So... I see these guys up here playing the music and singing and playing the drums, all that stuff, and I'm like, not me. I'm thankful for them, but I'm not that guy. They're probably over here going, I don't want to preach either, so we're good, right? And he says, but, but the verses go, as he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And what joy we share is we tarry there, no other has ever known. Listen, that's Jesus. I love the hymns, guys, just so you know that. I absolutely love them. Listen, the world doesn't understand what we have in our lives, and they look at it. I read a story recently, and it was, uh, and I'm not going to say the group because I, it doesn't really matter, but there's a talk show, and they were talking about Vice President Pence, and, and he made the comment, he says, listen, he goes, he goes, Jesus talks with me, and I try to act on what he talks to me, and they made fun of him because they said he was crazy because... God talks to you. Yeah. 
Do you know that, that God talked to me? You know, when I read my Bible, he talks to me all the time. He speaks to me. He comforts me. And listen, do I think Vice President Pence is crazy? No. I think that he has a relationship with Jesus Christ and he's bold enough to tell other people that, listen, God is a part of my life and it is not a little part of my life. It is the main part of my life. And regardless of what's going on, where I'm at and everything else, I want to seek him first and then I want to try to make him happy in me with my actions. I wish that more people were making fun of us for the same reason. Why don't you talk about it? Have you ever went up to someone and, and, and said to someone, that's, listen, you know, God's been speaking to me and really told me to come on. I'm just supposed to come over and give you a hug. And then that person breaks down and they're like, you don't even know. You're right, I don't. But, but Jesus does. I remember a, a story, and, and I'm going I'm I'm to I'm put the caboose on here right now. But I remember a story. Anybody ever hear of Beth Moore? Beth Moore has got a tremendous women's ministry, and, and, and she's a neat gal. And she has a story about her sitting in, a, in, in an airport, and she's sitting there, and she says, Jesus, I know you have me here for a reason. I'm sitting here on a layover, and, and I just want you to just to speak with me because I want to do whatever it is you want me to do. And she hears this little voice and she says, I want you to go over to that scraggly looking guy in the wheelchair with the long hair and all undone and everything. I want you to comb his hair. <laughs> all right, you know, seriously, God, where do you want me at? You know, what part of this do you want me to do? Because I am willing. He says, I want you to go comb this guy's hair. And so finally she's like, it's not what I signed up for. All right, so she comes over and she says, sir, could you imagine how low she was? She'd be like, sir? He goes, what? He says, uh, I want to comb your hair. And she goes, all right. And so he starts combing her hair. She starts combing his hair, and, and he starts talking to him. Comes to find out that he's been in a nursing home. And he's getting ready to fly home, and they didn't cut his hair or his nails or anything else. And he's getting to see his wife that he hadn't got to see for a long time. But Jesus knew, didn't he? He says, listen, why don't you come over and make him up a little bit and clean him up a little bit so when he sees his bride. Do you know my God cares about the little things? You guys are reading Leviticus, right? He cares about the little things. But he also cares about the big things in our lives as well. My challenge for you is today is go. Get excited about Jesus Christ. Get excited about what he's done in your life. Don't let... A Christian be something that you say. Let it be something that people see you do. Don't listen to the world and say that this whole thing that's happened to us has to be an inside thing. It needs to be an outside thing. It needs to be an action. By the way, when, when, when they called someone a Christian, it wasn't a good thing. It was like calling someone a dog. Oh, that's a Christian. But Christian said, yeah. That's me. I wear it like a badge of honor. Let's start wearing our Christianity as a badge of honor again and start getting excited about Jesus Christ and start seeing lives changed. If you've never had a chance to lead someone in a relationship with Jesus Christ, what an opportunity. 
I think about Jesus as he looked over, and it says that he, he looked over the fields, and, and the Jews believed that he looked over on all the people praying. And they would take their, their scarves and they put them over top of their heads, and he looked at it, and he says, listen, he goes, the, the fields are white unto harvest. Listen, church, the fields are white unto harvest. I want to see something happen so great here at FBC Crothersville. Listen, we have people right now that, that we have more and more people that are watching on Facebook Live, that are watching the service right now and everything. Listen, I want them to go out and tell people about Jesus Christ. I want you guys to go out and tell people about Jesus Christ. Why? Because he touched you. He cleansed you from all unrighteousness. And all he told you to do was go. So if I get the band to go ahead and come back up here. I had a pastor friend that used to always say at the end of service, he'd say, go, be the church. And I always like that. Because the church isn't this building. It's each and every one of you. So that's what I have to say for you guys today. Go. Be the church. Make it, your, make it your mission that you every week that you invite at least one person to church. Step out of your comfort zone and say, God, listen, I want you to speak to me and show me who it is that you want me to tell you. I want you to practice telling what God has told you, what God has done in your life, and knock it down to one, less than one minute, a minute or less. The cliff notes of your life, right? And do that. And be able, to, be able to give that testimony to someone. Because like I said, it's you. Listen, God can evangelize this whole world with just speaking. You've seen it in the Old Testament where he spoke and everybody fall down because they're, well, God's talking. He can do it again. But he's chosen to use you. So let's go be the church. Go ahead, Wayne. Jesus Messiah, and name above all names, blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel, the rescue for
I'm so happy that I have a Savior that, that, that desires to hear from me. And, and I want, I'm, I'm asking him for, for a special prayer. There's, there's several things going on with uh, uh, Keila, as, as, as we know, and, and um, Marvin Fields. And just, I can keep on going on with name after name. And uh, this young man that's going to have, have, I can't imagine at six year old to have to have a pacemaker. And he's had one since he was very small. And it's just time to change it. So I pray that you would be, um, pray for these families. Um, we had a, a funeral this week, and I, unfortunately I was gone. Um, and I didn't understand, I didn't know that she was a member of this church. I guess they, grew, they, they joined after World War II. I remember that. No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't here. But I got to pray with her. I went to the hospital last Sunday after we left here and got to pray with her. And, and, and I knew she didn't have much time, and, but God was there. And as I prayed, I was saying that with Miss Fanny, Fanny, I'm terrible with names, but Miss Fanny. Um, but when I was praying for her, um, I told my wife that, that I looked at her and her eyes were kind of like glazed over a little bit. And then when I started praying for her, man, I tell you what, she, she brightened up. And then when I looked at her after I got done praying, her eyes were as clean and as clear as mine. And, I, and it's just so neat that we have a Savior that's able to do that and willing to do that. So again, this week, pray for these families um, that are going on and everything. And, and, and pray like everything depends on you. But we know it depends on him. But, but let's be faithful in doing that. Um, let's, win this, let's win this country back for Jesus. Let's make a point on doing that. If you would, join hands together. And we're going to do bind us together. God bless each and every one. Be the church.